Shalom, all praises, glory, and honor to Abba Yahweh, Bashem Yahweh Shai, the Heavenly Father's name is Yahweh, which means he exists, Bashem, which means in the name Yahweh Shai, which means he is the deliverer to the world. Ibn Paul's Jesus Christ, the Heavenly Father, hath given us this truth through Akakwadash, which is the Holy Spirit. And we thank Yahweh Bashem Yahweh Shai for sending mercy. Peace and blessings to the elect and the remnant, which consists of you so called Negroes. Hispanics, Native Americans, as well as the Israelites who look like all the different nations. Put your lineage, go back to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Peace and blessings and Shalom. I want to um, actually uh, do the lesson over again. I had um, worked on a lesson as it's entitled, We Are in the New Covenant. And what I was doing was I was actually listening to it. It's a, a, over a two-hour lesson, so I wanted to listen to it first to make sure all the precepts were right, and I was pretty clear uh, what I was uh, conveying uh, as for uh, it's very important for you brothers and sisters to understand. And after listening to it, um, I believe that I really need to um, simplify it, meaning I really need to take this in stages. And I want to make sure that I stay focused on showing you per the scriptures that we are, in fact, in the new covenant. Now, we're, we're in stages in the new covenant, just like how we're in stages in Jacob's trouble. We're uh, in stages of uh, being perfected, you know, which is uh, taking off the mortal and putting on the immortal which is the ultimate um you know uh, process and fulfillment of going back to a perfected state because we're we're made perfected through the spirit through the holy spirit through the rakakwadash through the blood of yahweh shai which cleanses us now the physical uh manifestation of of that perfection is when our bodies are changed. That's going into an, in the twinkling of an eye. We shall all be changed. So I wanted to make that clarification. And when I did the lesson, uh, I did have it on unpublished, but for some reason it, it got published. So 15, uh, uh, or it, you know, it had 15, uh, 15 plays. So I'm assuming people listen to it. So I actually pulled the uh, the episode down and I'm redoing it. And I wanted, if it be the Lord's will, do this within an hour. Like I said in the previous uh, broadcast, get a pen and a pad because you need to write this down and go over it. You know, with whatever you read, uh, read it over again, pray, uh, ask the Lord uh, for insight discernment and and just follow the spirit uh, because the, the holy spirit will teach us all things so i'm gonna go into that very fact that we are um you know in a situation where we've learned from men and they were our teachers but at the same time uh once that's fulfilled then you don't need to be taught by a man. Then the Holy Spirit will kick in 
for those men that have eaten the whole roll or the or the Lord will uh, give you that portion of the Holy Spirit to teach you all things. So first, I want to uh, I want to just kind of um, read to you what I jotted down when I was first going into the new covenant. I actually um, wrote down the precepts, but I was also jotting down notes to kind of uh, or to illustrate or to signify the points that was uh, that was made in the scriptures that I could go back to as a reference. So. This lesson uh, is entitled, We Are in the New Covenant. And I'm just read something that I wrote. And then I'm going to give you the scriptures. We're going to go precept upon precept. We're going to go into definitions and so forth uh, to prove that we are in the New Covenant, the New Testament. And that started, uh, or the fulfillment of that, that New Testament started when... Yahweh's blood was shed for the remission of sins. And it was, um, you know, preordained or was spoken of by our Lord during the Last Supper. So it reads, the Messiah established the new covenant, fulfilling the law, taking away the curse of the law, which is, you know, through um, the fact that we had to have sacrifices. The curse of the law, which means that if you did a sin worthy of death, you will be put to death with no mercy. It'll be by the witness witnesses of two or three people. They saw you in the act of, of any kind of uh, sin unto death. There was no mercy. You would be stoned. You know, so the Messiah, he redeemed us from the curse of the law, you know, which, you know, under the law, you had sacrifices, you had punishments, and you, you know, you had the judgments. It says, we are sanctified, cleansed, made blameless through the offering of Hamashiach, the Messiah, the once and for all sacrifice, which is the uh, eternal redemption. So we're going to. Uh, go to uh, Hebrews chapter 10 and um, let's see we'll start at um, verse 7 oh actually let's go further up let's actually start at 1 verse 1 this is uh, the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verse 1. It says, For the law having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers unto perfection, because the law, the, the old law or the Mosaic law, was a shadow of good things to come. You know, the law, statutes, and commandments uh, is good for us. It, 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 it is our, um, you know, our, our, our instruction book, 
our, our behavior, our code of conduct, how we treat each other, how we show reverence to the Heavenly Father and His only begotten Son, Yahweh Shai, the civil, moral, uh, dietary, all of these laws are good for us. But we can keep them perfect. So it's a shadow of things to come. And it says that uh, through these offerings, you know, year by year, uh, we still weren't in a situation that we could be perfected. That's why it says, can never of those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually to continually make the comers into perfection to uh, perfect so the law uh, you know we couldn't keep it perfectly it wasn't a way to uh, gain uh, perfection because if you are perfect in the law you're going to keep all 613 laws but Yahweh Shai redeemed us from the curse of the law so we're no longer uh, bound by the law we're bound by the law of faith. It says, for then would they not have ceased to be offered because that, because that the worshipers once heard should have, have had no more conscience of sins. But in those sacrifices, there is a remembrance again made of the sins every year. It says, for it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sins. So it's not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could, could um, fully take away a, a man from sinning, especially from year to year. These were sacrifices that was done from year to year, but those sacrifices uh, that, that Israel did, uh, they would turn to willful sinning where Israel would just sin on purpose. They they would offer up sacrifices knowing what they were going to do. And it was no remorse. It was no guilt. They just felt that if they do a sin, then they'll just go or repent. They'll offer um, a sacrifice by the priest. It says, wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, sacrifice an offering uh, thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. It says, and burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin thou hast had no pleasure. So the Heavenly Father didn't have no pleasure in those burnt offerings. You, you can go to Amos 5 and 22, and we'll go to that right quick. Because the Lord, he found no more pleasure and those sacrifices, it was no longer a sweet savor. It was a stink into them because it was, um, you know, Israel backsliding. And uh, and it wasn't sincere. It wasn't from the heart. These were, you know, sins that were premeditated. So the Lord was no longer pleased with those uh, acts of... Uh, of sacrifice, you know, because it, it takes blood to atone for sins. Blood has to be shed. So that blood was of the uh, bulls and uh, goats and all the bullocks and all the different animals was no no more sufficient or pleasing to the Heavenly Father. So this is uh, in the book of Amos chapter 5. And we'll start 
at verse 22, it says, though ye offer me burnt offerings and your meat offerings, I will not accept them. Neither will I regard the peace offerings of your fat beasts. So the Lord, he, he didn't accept, he rejected those offerings. So, you know, um, during the time of the old covenant or the, or the old Testament, there had to, there had to been a blood sacrifice, which is also known as the uh, blood covenant. The blood was sprinkled on the Israelites to take away sins. So with the Lord rejecting those uh, sacrifices, it took the Messiah to bring in the new covenant to shed his blood, which is a, a blood sacrifice. Whereas the uh, old sacrifice was no longer pleasing to the Lord. So that was under a blood covenant. So the new covenant is the New Testament. And the Messiah spoke about the new blood or the New Testament uh, in the Last Supper, going into, uh, you know, the bread being his body, doing it, do this in remembrance of me and the blood drink it. This is the blood of the new testament he was telling us right then and there that once his blood is shed that's the new testament that's the new covenant so let's go back to hebrews chapter 10 and uh we'll read six again it says and burnt offerings and sacrifices of sin thou hast had no pleasure so if your sins are not forgiven by uh, animal sacrifice then you know, sin brings on death. There's no, um, you know, a redemption through that. But by the blood of Yahweh Shai, that's where the redemption come in, that eternal redemption. Verse 7, it says, Then said I, lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me, both the Old and the New Testament, to do thy will, O Yahweh. So we're going to find out what is the will uh, that Yahweh Shai is talking about because he said he come to do thy will the heavenly father's will this is above when he says sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings and offering for sin thou wouldest not neither had his pleasure therein so the Lord he had no pleasure in those sacrifices those offerings the burnt offerings the sin offerings he had no pleasure in it it says which are offered by the law, the Old Testament, because that is the, the law of the blood covenant, those sacrifices. Animals' blood have to be shed. Now, verse 9 tells us, Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O Yahweh. He taketh away the first. What is the first? The first is the uh, first uh, or the Old Covenant, the First Testament. It says that he may establish the second. That is the second covenant. This, you know, the New Testament. That's that's uh, Yahweh Shai doing the will of the Father, which was to take away the first or the fulfillment, because the scriptures tell us that he didn't come to destroy the law or the prophets. So the law, statutes, and commandments or, or, you know, they're still uh, valid, you know, but we're not uh, bound by the law. 
meaning that we're not uh, judged, um, you know, based off the curse of the law. It's through the law of faith. So Yahweh Shai coming to do the will of the Father, which, which is to establish the new covenant. That's why, you know, in the, in the uh, Last Supper, he said what he said. And when he uh, gave up the ghost, before he, before he gave up the ghost, what did he say? It is finished. That's the fulfillment. His blood being shed. And that established the second testament, the new covenant, the new, you know, the new, um, new, new testament, Salakia. It says, by the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Yahweh Shahamashiach once for all. So by his blood being shed, establishing the second uh, covenant, the New Testament, we're made sanctified, which is to be cleansed, to be purified. Scriptures tell us that we're, our righteousness is as filthy rags. So if we're as filthy rags, how can we be righteous? That's through the blood of Yahweh Shai, which cleanses us from all sins. A once and for all sacrifice, no longer year by year. Let me read that again. It says, by the which will we are sanctified, we're cleansed through the offering of the body of Yahweh Shai Hamashiach once for all. That's why uh, during the Last Supper, the significance of him saying what he said, this is my body, eat. You know, this is my blood. This is, the, you know, the blood of the New Testament. That's why he said this is for you, the, his body. That's why it says orphan of the body of Yahweh Shahamashiach once for all. It says, and every priest standeth daily ministering, offering oftentimes the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins, which is going into the, the priestly duties that were uh, responsible for the sin offerings and all the duties that pertain to Israel, um, you know, of being in compliance with the law, statutes, and commandments. But it was no longer acceptable as we broke the covenant. It says, but this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, that's Yahweh Shai, a, a one for all sacrifice. That it says, but this man, which is talking about the Messiah, the son of God, Hamashiach, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins, which he offered his, his body, you know, his blood was shed. It says for, uh, for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of Yahweh. So he's on the right hand of the heavenly father with all power and great glory. You know, he was um, humiliated and shamed and mocked. And he was put to death and he raised on the third day. Now he has all power and glory on the right hand of the father. Verse 13, it says, from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering, he had perfected forever them that are sanctified. So by that one offering, the blood offering of Yahweh Shai Hamashiach, the blood of Yahweh Shai, 
Christians will say the blood of Christ, those of the elect and remnant are sanctified. They're perfected by that one offering. It says, whereof the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, also is a witness to us. For after that he had said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds will I write them. It says, and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. It says, now where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. Because Yahweh Shai, him dying on the cross, that one offering, it made, it made the Israelites blameless without sin, having those white uh, garments being, you know, being cleansed, you know, no longer under the old uh, law or the curse of the law. So by doing, you know, this, um, this process of, of cleansing, you know, the Israelites being cleansed, the law is being put in our hearts, you know, and, and no longer the, uh, the tablets of stone, but fleshly hearts. That's what this is talking about, being, being uh, blameless. It says, and after, and after, and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now, where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. So the remissions of sins, now there's no more offerings for sin. There's no more uh, sin offerings because these uh, blessed people are blameless. It says, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into holiness by the blood of Yahweh Shai. So entering into this truth, entering into receiving the new covenant with all boldness. Because this Yahweh Shai's righteousness is what it is what uh, cleanses us, which sanctifies us. No, no longer uh, bound uh, by the old law, but are we, to, are we to keep the law, statutes, and commandments? Yes, the best of our ability. Faith without works is dead. And do you make void of the law through faith? God forbid. Yea, we establish the law. So this is not a license to a sin. It's just showing you that the Lord has given us grace and mercy and that no matter uh, what we've been through, the sins in the past, and we repented and put down those sins, those sins are no longer held against us. That's why it says that he will remember our sins no more. Let me... Uh, Uh, go back to that. That's verse 17. It says, and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. So your your sins are, are, are wiped clean. Whatever you did in the past, those sins won't be brought up. Just like if brothers have committed uh, sins, you know, that uh, were brought out into Israel, you know, as, as our, you know, our people were made aware of certain things and that man repented or that woman repented. You can't bring it back up because if they repented, 
you know, why are you holding that over their head? You will want the same amount of mercy if you did something that you went off on, you know, that's that, um, you know, a beam in the eye when your brother has a speck. You know, you could you could have something that you've done just as worse, but just because you don't like the person, you want to try to find any and everything to try to make them look bad. But the Lord said that he wouldn't remember our sins no more because you've been washed clean with the blood of Yahweh Shai, which is under the new covenant, the new Testament. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, verse 20 says by a new and living way, the new live and living way is the new covenant, the new living way, which he had consecrated for us cleansed through the veil which is to say his flesh, that's the new covenant, his, his body being broken. That's why he told the disciples that this is my body. And having a high priest over the house of Yahweh, which is Yahweh Shai, he is the, he is the priest under the, the, um, the, you know, was it under, um, uh, the priesthood of Melchizedek. He is Yahweh Shai is the high priest. That's why when you go to uh what's that uh the scripture where it says um Judah came out of the tribe of Salakia, Yahweh Shai came out of the lion lion tribe of Judah. Out of the tribe of Judah. Let me get that because I'm I'm not um Paraphrasing it right. Let's see. It is evident. That's a. That's a scripture. Let me see. It is evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah. Let's see. So that's in uh, Hebrews 7 and 14 and it reads, for it is evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah, of which tribe Moses spake nothing concerning priesthood. So Yahweh Shai came out of the tribe of Judah, the line of Judah. And it says, which Moses of which uh, tribe Moses spake nothing concerning priesthood because Moses uh, is from the um, tribe of, of uh, Levi. Aaron, which was Moses' brother, he is the, you know, he is basically uh, the first of the Levites. So the Levites uh, are the priest. So Yahweh Shai being that high priest from the order of, of Melchizedek, he is now our high priest, Yahweh Shai. And that's why it says in verse um, uh, 20, uh, let's see, verse 21 says, in having an high priest over the house of Yahweh. So Yahweh Shai is over the house of Israel as the high priest. With him being the tabernacle 
His body is represented as the tabernacle. We're lively stones, which means that we, we're a part of, the, of that tabernacle. It says, let us draw with a true heart and full assurance of faith. So by believing in accepting the new covenant, you're actually drawing near with a true heart and having full assurance of faith. Because now you accept and believe the sacrifice of Yahweh Shai, believing of the new covenant. Just as, you know, the Lord was with his brothers, the disciples, and they took part of that symbolic uh, ushering in the new testament, the new covenant. And the fulfillment of that when his blood was shed. It says, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. So the sprinkling of Yahweh's blood, going back to the uh, blood covenant of the Old Testament, where the Israelites had to have that blood sprinkled on them. So Yahweh's blood represents that new covenant. And when it says, um, having your heart sprinkled from an evil conscience, that means uh, guilt, guilt and shame. When you go into that word, let's get it right quick. Conscience. Hold on, let me look it up because I had to look it up yesterday. I didn't, I didn't uh, write it down. It basically means uh, guilt. Let's get the title. Dictionary. Let's see, or definition. Hold on, bear with me. science in the Bible. Okay. <clears throat> the word Okay, conscience basically means um uh, Hold on, let me get the the one that I I think I had yesterday from the website conscience And I'm, I think I'll post uh, that um, lesson plan that I did, but I wanted to, uh, you know, bring this out first after, after I, you know, listen to it, because I'm going to make sure I'm very, <clears throat> very um, clear about, you know, um, about, you know, the new covenant. So... The word conscience means internal of self-knowledge or judgment of right and wrong. And let's see. It was one that really broke down exactly. Let me get another, another definition because it goes into a feeling of guilt. And you have an evil conscience. 
Okay. It's taking longer. Okay, so uh, let's see. So it's basically a feeling of guilt. You know, feeling a feeling a a sense of um, shame. Have having like a a really guilty feeling over past sins. So the Lord wants us to cleanse that guilty feeling once you accept the blood of Yahweh Shai. A feeling of, uh, it says that guilt is a feeling of wrongdoing, sinfulness, and a failure to measure up. It says that it arises from your conscience. So that guilty and that shameful feeling of wrongdoing, whatever you had in the past, Yahweh Shai wants you to be free from that, that uh, evil uh, conscience of that feeling because that could uh, actually uh, work against you. you. You can be remorseful. You can have that shame and, uh, in, in, you know, uh, you know, within balance, but if you're consumed with it, you're not going to have that, that peace or that joy that can come from accepting the blood of Yahweh Shai and knowing that your sins are covered and having all faith and assurance because you can't have any doubt. It's like you have to have full assurance that the Lord is with you. That's the kind of spirit that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had. When when they were, um, you know, put in, in, in a situation where they was told if they didn't bow down to the image of, uh, what's his name, um, Nebuchadnezzar, uh, you know, like an idol, that they would be thrown in the fiery furnace. And they said, look, whether where uh we will not do it you know the lord will deliver us but if the lord don't deliver us we still not going to bow down to your images that's having a good conscience that's not um you know basically uh having doubt you have to have full assurance no doubt so let's go back over 22 again it says let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having faith that's waxed strong. How you get faith? You have to pray for faith. And faith is a gift. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. So having your heart sprinkled from that, that guilt or that shame, it says, and our bodies washed with pure water. You know? And when you uh, go into the account, of when the Lord was crucified, the soldiers, what did they do? You had that soldier that pierced his side and what came out of his side? Anybody remember? Blood and water. That's why this scripture says that. It says, and our bodies washed with pure water. Yahweh Shai's blood and it's water. It's all symbolic. Which is, you know, going into the new covenant. His blood shed is the New Testament. Him dying on the cross and his precious blood shed, the water coming out of his, uh, and, the, and the blood coming out of his body was all that, that was all a process of the New Testament. The same way that an animal 
uh, in the ancient times, you know, during the um, the Old Testament, you had an animal sacrifice, and it was not the animal, but it was the blood. It was the life force. It was the actual life force in the blood, which is what atones for sin. And we're gonna we're gonna get that. Matter of fact, um, that's that's um, let's go to Le Leviticus uh, seventeen and one, and we'll go, we'll go back to what we're reading, and then we're gonna go into the uh, the the. Uh, um, the blood covenant, because I, I keep mentioning it, so I want to show you in the scriptures what I'm talking about. So, Leviticus 17 and verse, let's see. That's 11, seven, uh, Leviticus 17 and 11. And it reads, for the life of the flesh is in the blood. So the, the life, the life force, the power is in the blood. It says, for the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I've given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. So it's the blood, the life force, the power is what atones for sins is it, it what atones for your souls this is for it is the blood that maketh an atonement for your soul so that bloodshed you know sacrifices uh which the lord uh before israel uh was backsliding those sacrifices were acceptable from year to year but it wouldn't make the israelites perfect but yahweh shies once for once uh, for all sacrifice, a one-time sacrifice, which was, which is a an, an eternal redemption, is what is more powerful. It only took one time, no longer year year by year, which is what sanctifies you, which is what cleanses you, makes you uh, blameless. And the the elect were were already written in the book of life. From before the foundations of the earth, it's already preordained pre who's in the book of life. That's why there's an election. You know, this is pre preordained or or you know knowledge that that's um that's we're it's already known. It's just that we're we're living this thing out, but it's already written. That's why the Lord said, I knew you before the foundations of the earth. So let's go to, um, I want to get the scripture where it talks about um, the blood covenant. That's in Exodus 24, verse 8. And then after we read that, we're going to go to what the Lord was saying at the, at the Last Supper, showing you 
um, that he had established the new covenant, the new Testament. It is, he established it. Now the fulfillment of, of the, you know, the entirety of the new covenant, you know, that will be manifested when we get those glorified bodies. When, when, when the, when the body matches up with the spirit, which the body will go into perfection. That's why the scripture says, let us go into perfection. So let's go to um, Exodus 24. Because I want to go into the testator too. I, I didn't. I didn't go into that. That's one of the main reasons why I'm doing this lesson over. Because I didn't go into the testator, which is, which is in the very integral part, showing you that we are in the New Testament, going into the testator. So, uh, we're in Exodus 24, and we'll start at verse eight. It says, "And Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on the people." Remember, we just read in the scripture about this sprinkling, sprinkling of an evil conscience, you know, not having that guilt or that remorse because you're washed clean with the blood of Yahweh Shai. In the ancient times, Moses would sprinkle uh, the blood on the people. I read again, again, it says, and Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on the people and said, behold, the blood of the covenant which the Lord hath made with you concerning all these words. So that's the blood covenant. The, you know, the Old Testament. That was part of the, you know, the remission of sins. So Yahweh Shai being that unspotted lamb dying and having his blood sprinkled, that was establishing the new and uh, doing away with the old or fulfillment of the old. He didn't, he didn't come to destroy the law or the prophets. The law is the five books of Moses, you know, the Torah. He didn't come to do away with the law or the prophets, you know, the Old Testament. But he said he come to fulfill the fulfillment of the Old Testament, which he's written in the volume of the book. He said, lo, the volume, uh, um, it is written of me. I come in the volume of the book. So he he he, uh, he fulfilled what was in the old law and he's establishing the new, which is the new testament, the new covenant. So let's go back to uh, Hebrews chapter 10. And um let's go back over 22. It says, Let us draw near with the true heart in full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled with an evil conscience from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Uh, let's go to, uh, let's see. Uh, St. John 19, verse 34. Let's go to that. We're gonna, gonna hold on to uh, what we have in Hebrews 10. But we got to go to uh, St. John 19 and 34, showing you about the blood and the water. 
St. John. Nineteen and thirty four says, but one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side, and forthwith came there out blood and water. So when that wicked Edomite pierced our Lord's side, when he pierced it with the you know the spear. Out of his body came out blood and water. So this is this is symbolic showing of the New Testament, his blood being shed for the remission of sins. This was a sacrifice. This was a a, uh, a cleansing of Israel with this with a sin offering. Because it was certain prophecies that that was written of Yahushai, how he would die. And when you actually when you go further down, it tells us it says, and he that saw it bear a record, and his record is true, and he knoweth that he saith true, and that ye might believe, for these things were done, that the scriptures shall be fulfilled. That's why he says, All you know, I come in the volume of the book. He said, I didn't come to do away with the uh, the law or the prophets. I come to fulfill. This was a fulfillment of prophecy. As it says, a bone of him shall not be broken. That's an Old Testament prophecy. It says, and, and again, another scripture said, they shall look on him whom they pierced. So that's the prophecy as well. So when you go into, you know, what we just read about the um, the blood and the water, that precept connects to what we just read in uh, uh, Hebrews 10 and 22. And our bodies washed with pure water, Yahweh's blood, and that water being washed clean. So let's, let's read further. It says, and let us consider one another to provoke and to love and to, uh, and to good works. Not forsaken this uh, assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. So it's all about uh, brotherhood. It's all about uh, not forsaking the assembly. The two or more are gathered, he is in the midst. That's why it's very important uh, for us to encourage one another and to communicate with each other and to uh, fellowship. Now, I know that this is the internet and uh, there's situations that's beyond our control, but nonetheless, if you're with fellow believers, uh, it's good to fellowship. It's good to not forsake the assembling. You know, because in these uh, last days, you're going to need to encourage one another because we're we're in a situation where uh, the world hates us and the world will target us because of our beliefs. So you want to be around like minded brothers and sisters and uh, draw from each other, you know, lift each other up, 
showing that brotherly love. You know, in the midst of persecution, uh, the disciples um, were, were around our Lord, but there was a situation where it, the heat got too too much for them, and they all, you know, pretty much abandoned the Lord, but that was supposed to happen. It was written that, you know, the Messiah even uh, told Peter, the church is built upon Peter. He's the rock. Yet and still, he denied the Lord three times. And the Lord told him, he said, you're going to deny me uh, before the uh, cock throat, uh, crow thrice, which is three times. Yet and still, that was a, a part of the process because once the disciples uh, became apostles, they've done great works. They, uh, they spread the gospel. Churches was established, you know, the seven, seven churches throughout, you know, throughout uh, the land and teaching and, and speaking and healing the, the, uh, the lost sheep were scattered among Israel because they received the Holy Spirit uh, during the day of Pentecost. The Lord told them before he left in, in the chariot, pursuant to Acts chapter 1, verse 11, he told them to stay in Jerusalem until they received the Holy, Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. So let's continue with uh, verse third, uh, 26. It says, for if we sin willfully after that, we have received the knowledge of the truth. Therefore, remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. So this is talking about willfully sinning. Willfully sinning basically means that you're sinning and you have no uh, remorse. You have, uh, when I mean no remorse, you just, you just, you're just doing it. You don't, you don't have a... Um, you just you just you're just doing it. You you don't fear the Lord. You you you're remaining in sin. You know you you're basically, uh, in so many words, you're not respecting Yahushua's bloodshed because He died for our sins. So when you willfully sin, you you're actually sinning without a conscience. There's a difference between feeling guilty over past sins and letting those sins weigh you down. Or you actually having sins and you're just willfully sinning. You're you you don't have you don't have no fear. You don't fear the Lord, so you're just sinning and you just you you don't have um, you don't feel no certain way about it. You're just doing it. So there's no more sacrifice for those kind of sins. The Lord is not going to get back on the cross for you just to a sin and sin. And you don't have a, a, a conscience about what you're doing. Because then the Holy Spirit is, is not there. It's not, you're, you're not, um, you're not being uh, chastised or corrected. And a lot of our people are like that. They are wicked and they just, they don't, they don't care. These are people that go out and cheat, you know, uh, sleeping with other men's wives and and they're uh, murdering their brothers and they don't have a conscience. They don't they don't care. You know, you, when when you come into the understanding, if you come into the truth, 
you can't you can't willfully sin because there's no sacrifice there's no remission of sins for that it says but a certain fearful look for judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries so that's what's going to be uh, for those that you know willfully sin they're you know they're they're gonna look uh, towards a uh, a harsh judgment, you know. So let's go back uh, to uh, to Hebrews chapter nine because I want to go into the test data. And uh, that's uh, that's hopefully uh, I can do this within an hour and a half because that that lesson was over well over an hour or well over two hours. But we'll we'll start at um, um, Hebrews chapter nine, and we're gonna go into the Old Testament and the New Testament. This scripture or this book chapter verses given us the transference from the Old Testament to the New Testament. So here we go. We're going to start verse one. It says, then verily the first covenant had also ordinance of divine service and worldly sanctuary, which is talking about the, uh, the old covenant. And then you had the actual sanctuary, the, the actual tabernacle, a physical sanctuary, a physical tabernacle that had objects relics and so forth so it says for there was a tabernacle made the first wherein was the candlestick which is talking about the seven golden candlesticks and the old tabernacle you had the golden lamps uh, lampstand you know which was this candlestick it says in the table and the showbread which is called the sanctuary and after the second veil the tabernacle which is called the holiest of all which is the holy of holies so you had the tabernacle and then after that you had a second veil and behind that second veil was the ark of the covenant also you know you've seen the movie raiders of the lost ark that's talking about the ark you know the uh the ark of the covenant you know which were uh you know which was um a uh you know, basically it was a, a object and it had gold on it. And we're going to read all of that. And inside of the Ark of the Covenant was was a specific things which we're going to read. But in that movie, it talked about how I think the Germans had the Ark of the Covenant or whatever like that. No other heathen nation could get around it. Heathens tried it and they were they were killed on the spot. You couldn't even have Israelites of the 12 tribes to, to be around the ark or they would die on the spot. Only the Levites, who were, the, you know, the priests, they were the only ones that could be around the ark, which is you uh, Haitian brothers. You're the Levites, according to the Bible. You know, so only the Levites could be around the ark. But <clears throat> in, in the uh, Ark of the Covenant, uh, we're going to go into what's in it. It says which had the golden censer and the Ark of the Covenant overlaid around, round about with gold. So it had gold all, all around the Ark. 
of the covenant, wherein was the golden pot that had manna. So inside of the Ark of the Covenant is the censer, the golden censer. Also a gold pot that had manna. Manna is the angel's food. When the Israelites were in, um, you know, uh, that left out of Egypt and it was times where they was hungry and didn't have substance, the Lord made it rain down with angel's food. So that's how the Lord fed the Israelites. So in that uh, golden pot is some of the contents of, the, of uh, the angel's food, which is manna. It says an Aaron's rod that budded and the, and the tables of the covenant, which are the, the stone tablets. The, the, the same tablets that uh, Moses got when he you know went up to the mountain and received the law, statutes and commandments. Uh, those tables are in the Ark of the Covenant. It says, and over it, the cherubims of glory shadowing the mercy seat, which is those angels and their wings are facing each other. That's the uh, cherubims. It says, of which we cannot now speak particularly. It says, uh, now when these uh, things were thus ordained, the priests went always un into the first tabernacle, establishing the service of Yahweh. It says, but into the second went the high priest alone once every year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the heirs of the people. So this is talking about the priestly duties when they would make sacrifices and they would atone for sin. You had, uh, it says, the, um, the priest always into the first tabernacle, accomplishing the service of Yahweh. So in that first tabernacle, they were doing the services of Yahweh. And then it says the second, it says, went the high priest alone once every year. So the high priest would go out once every year. It says, not without blood, which he offered for himself. So it was a sacrifice that he was offered for himself and for the errors of his people, which is a sin offering. It says, the Holy Ghost that's signifying that the way unto the holiest of all was not yet made manifest. So the, the, the spirit was uh, revealing that this was, you know, not made manifest, you know, the, the, the sins being, uh, you know, like it was a year to year sin, but as the scriptures tell us, there wasn't a way to, to be perfected. It says, while the first tabernacle was yet standing, it says, which was a figure of the time when present in which were the offering, both gifts and sacrifices uh, that would not make him that did the service perfect. So uh, this is letting us know that although these services were done, gifts and offerings and sacrifices, it did not make the service perfect as pertaining to the conscience. So I'm a... Um, I'm going to end this right now, and then on the next hour, we're going to go back into what we're reading. I remember when uh, Hebrews chapter 9, and we are at verse 9. So I'm going to continue in a minute, and I hope this is edifying to you brothers and sisters out there. And I hope that if whoever heard this, this is more clarification. I'm going to bring out more and more scriptures going into that we are in the new covenant, we're in the new testament, but we're in we're in stages of it. Shalom. Shalom. I'm back. I want to give all praises, glory, and honor to Abba Nawa Yahweh Bashim Yahweh Shai. Shalom. 
to the elect and a remnant. The Lord have given us this truth through the Rakakwadash, which is the Holy Spirit. Peace and blessings to you, brothers and sisters out there. This is a continuation on the next hour of we are in the New Testament. So we were in the book of Hebrews chapter nine, and we'll go to verse nine. It says, which were the figure for the time uh, then present in which was offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to the conscience because none of the sacrifices uh, that we did in the Old Testament made us perfect because of these sinful bodies, you know, breaking the law, statutes, and commandments. So it took the Lord dying on the cross and shedding his blood to make us blameless, you know, without sin, to be purified, to be sanctified, to be cleansed, to be more acceptable in the sight of Yahweh by Shem Shai, because the Heavenly Father can't look upon sin. It says, which stood only in meats and drinks and diverse washings and carnal ordinance imposed on them until the time of reformation, which is going into the rituals, you know, the carnal ordinance. It says, but Hamashiach, Yahweh Shai, being come in high priest of good things to come. So Yahweh Shai is that high priest. We just read that in Hebrews about Yahweh Shai um, being from the tribe of Judah, spake nothing concerning, Moses spake nothing concerning priesthood. Because he, he is in the order of Melchizedek, our high priest. And he is that perfect uh, tabernacle, as it says. It says, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, but is to say not of this building. It says, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having ordained eternal redemption for us. So it's not by the blood of goats and calves, you know, that, the animal sacrifices, that blood being shed, but it was Yahushua's blood entering into that holy into the holy place, which he have obtained for us in an eternal redemption. So, uh, being covered by the blood of Yahushua, having your sins covered, uh, you know, basically uh, forever, man. Eternal redemption. It says, for if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifier to the purifying of the flesh. So, you know, say, um, you know, in the ancient times, uh, a blood uh, offering of, blood, of, of bulls and goats and ashes of heifer and that blood was sprinkled, your, your sins was forgiven. So how much more of you being purified of that of the flesh how much more as it say in verse 14 how much more shall the blood of Hamashiach who through the eternal spirit which is the holy spirit offered himself without spot to Yahweh so Yahweh Shai is that perfect sacrifice he's the unspotted lamb also that is a reference to 
the Passover. Yahweh Shai being an unspotted lamb, that perfect sacrifice, the blood over the doorpost. See, in the ancient times, the um, that blood that was um, that was used over the doorpost, that lamb or that sheep had to be without blemish. It had to be a perfect uh, lamb. And then once that lamb was um, was killed for the Passover, the blood would be uh, would be uh, painted over the doorpost. And that was to keep the deaf angel from the Israelites' house in the land of Egypt. The deaf angel who was who was Shai, he was that destroyer that went over the land of Egypt, destroying the firstborn of the Egyptians. So the, it was the Messiah that was that deaf angel that went over the land of Egypt, smiting the people of that land. But the Israelites, they were protected because they had the blood on their doorposts. So Yahawashai is a representation of that that uh the blood on the doorpost, the, the Lamb of God, the Lamb of Yahweh, and the Israelites had light in their in their homes while the Egyptians was in utter darkness, so dark that they could, you know, it was, it was so dark that you can actually feel the darkness. And they were being plagued with strange apparitions, ghostly faces. They were being tormented. It was evil spirits and they were they were in a horror movie you know the worst horror movie you can think of those egyptians was catching hell and they were being plagued with different diverse diseases you know they had boils i think they had boils on their body or something like that it was i can't uh, remember right right off hand but it was uh they were i think they had hemorrhoids man and then also there was flies and and locusts and and uh, uh, frogs. The the water was turned to blood. The fish died. It, it was raining, hell, uh, fire. Lord was jacking them up. But the Israelites had light in their homes. So the elect, they they have that light. They have the the Holy Spirit. Their light, their lamps are burning. They have the pure oil, the Holy Spirit. So let's continue. It says, um, let me read 14 again. It says, how much more shall the blood of Hamashiach, who through the eternal spirit, offered himself without spot to Yahweh, that perfect unspotted lamb without blemish purge your conscience from dead works your you know your uh, consciousness you know your you know like the again the the guilt the feelings that you might have you know the the uh, the things that you may do it says from dead works to serve the living god it says and for this cause he is the mediator of the new testament so yahweh shai is the mediator he is the lawyer when you go into the word um, propitiation, that is um, the act of gaining favor or goodwill to appease the wrath of Yahweh, because Yahweh Shai being the uh, the mediator or the lawyer, 
he is the go-between, you know, because the Heavenly Father has a controversy with Israel. So the Lord has immense anger against his people, but Yahweh's blood is what appeased the wrath. So him being a propitiation, his bloodshed is, is what makes Israelites acceptable and blameless in the sight of Yahweh. It says, and for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament. So Yahweh Shai is the, is the mediator. By him, you know, declaring that in the, in the Last Supper, that, that is the, uh, the establishment of the New Testament, the New Covenant. It says that by means of death, so the New Testament was brought in effect by means of death, meaning when he died, that was the establishment of the New Testament. It says that by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions. So it was through his death, his bloodshed would redeem those transgressions of the Israelites that were under the first testament because under the old law, the old testament, there were sins unto death. You had to have animal sacrifices, but we just read in Amos 5 and 22 that the Lord found those sacrifices no more acceptable. It says, they which are called might receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. And when you go also into the testator, it lets you know about that further. And we're going to, we're going to get into that. If this for where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. So let's go into the definition of the testator. A testator is a person who has made a will or given a legacy, a testament at death. So Yahweh Shai being a testator, he is, um, you know, basically it's in the, he has the inheritance. So when he, when he died, he left his will, which is, you know, basically the will of the father, which is to establish the new Testament, the new covenant. And legally, you know, you have a testator, you know, a person that made a will or who was given a legacy. You might call it, a, I think, a trust. There's specific things that are that are written out as done that could leave an inheritance. Yahweh Shai, uh, who was given all things, he's gonna he's gonna be uh, he's sharing his inheritance, joint heirs. All things are given into him, but he's gonna he's gonna share it with Israel because he is the mediator. All things are given into him, so. You're going to have the joint heirs, which is the elect. That's going to be a part of the kingdom of heaven. It says for there, for where is a testament is, there must also a necessity be the death of the testator. So, you know, death of the testator is, again, is, uh, you know, a will, uh, you know, like a will and testament. I will, um, let me make sure I'm saying that right. A last will. Last Will Testament, that's the name of it. Let's get that right there. Like in, you know, in uh, 
in you know just in a um, carnal sense you have a, a last will testament you know when people die they will they will write things out and it's a will it says uh, this is a, la a will and testament it says a legally prepared and bound document that states your intentions for the distribution of your assets and wealth after your death so Yahweh Shai being a testator after his death he is uh you know leaving a will you know he, he gave uh, us specific uh, directions how to be a part of that will and testament it says for where a testament is there must also of necessity be the death of the testator and Yahweh Shai is the testator his death it says for a testament is a force after men are dead so that testament takes a full force after the death of the testator which is Yahweh Shai so when his blood was shed that brought in the full force of the new covenant it says otherwise it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth so when the Lord uh, at the you know at the supper he was he was basically establishing and ushering in the new testament that's why he said this is his blood that represented his blood the wine he said drink it the, the, those disciples were were partaking in the symbol the symbolic uh, uh death of yahweh shai but then it was in full strength after the death of the testator that's why it says, otherwise it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. It says, whereupon neither the first testament was dedicated without blood. So that you had to um you had to have blood in the in the uh old testament or the first testament. So the new testament is the same situation. You had to have blood, which is Yahweh Shai's blood. It, it says, For when Moses had spoken every precept. To all the people, according to the law, he took the blood of calves and of goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book and all the people. So that goes back to what we just read in uh, Leviticus about the blood covenant, the blood, you know, the Old Testament or the blood covenant, which is through uh, blood, the remission of sins through bloodshed. We read that uh, that life is in, in the blood. It says, moreover, he sprinkled with the blood both of the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry and almost all the things are by the law purged with blood. So you're purged or washed clean with blood. So Jehovah Shai's blood that washed and sanctified his people. It says, and without shedding the blood is no remission. So without bloodshed, there's no remission. So your sins are not covered unless Yahweh Shai's blood was shed, which is showing you this is the New Testament. Let's see. Okay, so let's read further down. It says, it says, this is verse 23. It said, It was therefore necessary 
that the patterns of things in the heaven should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifice than these, if it were Hamashiach is not entered into the holy place made with hands, which are the figures of the true, it says, but into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of Yahweh for us, it says, nor yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest entered into the holy place every year with blood of others. So Yahweh Shai not being like the high priest in the Old Testament because you had to have a yearly sacrifice to, to atone for uh, sins. You know, using the blood of uh, bullocks, goats, you know, calves and so forth. It says, but then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now once in the end of the world, he had appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. So this is going into the, the fullness of the New Testament. The fullness of it at the end of the world. To put away sin. You know, through what the Lord judging. Through, you know, what's known as judgment day. That's why it said the end of the world. To put away sin once and for all. It's, let me read that again. It says, for then must we often have suffered once the foundation of the world. But now once and the end of the world have he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Because Yahweh Shai, his sacrifice ended um, pretty much, you know, uh, you know, sin of the elect. His, his uh, once, one and for all sacrifice is what sanctified that chosen brother or that chosen sister. It says, and as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this is the judgment, which is going into judgment day. Men is appointed uh, once to die, but after this, the judgment. Because when you, you know, when you give up the ghost, you're judged. But then at the end of the world, then there's judgment day. Where all will all will be judged, all will stand before the throne. It says, "Every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess." It says so. Yahushai Hamashiach was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. So those that accept the blood sacrifice who are part of the blood covenant, the New Testament, their sins are washed clean. And in the day of the Lord's return, they're going to appear to the Lord in the second time without sin and to salvation because they're, they're perfected. They're without sin. They're, they're without guile. Let's go to, uh, let's see if I, I don't, let me, I want to make sure. 
because I, I, I did this long broadcast previously and I want to make sure that I don't miss any scriptures. So I want to go uh, to Romans 6 and 11. And then we're going to go into uh, when the Lord spoke about the Last Supper. I should have read it before, but, you know, um, I wanted to uh, go into the testator, how should I be in the testator? So this is um, Romans chapter 6. Let's see. Or it's like it would be five and five and uh five and eleven. Uh, Romans chapter five, verse eleven. It says, and not only so, but we also joy in Yahweh through our Lord Yahweh Shai Mashiach. So we joy in Yahweh the Heavenly Father through his only begotten son, Yahweh Shai. It says, by whom we have now received atonement, atonement from sins. The sin offering that once and for all offering Yahweh Shai made for the elect. So let's go to First uh, John chapter two, verse two. Because um, Yahweh Shai. Is the propitiation we just you know read the definition the act of gaining favor or goodwill because the, the heavenly father is angry with Israel and only the blood of Yahweh Shai is is uh, the appeasement through his only begotten son. So that's first John chapter two verse two. And it reads, and he is the propitiation for our sins and not of ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world, which was going into John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever shall believe on me should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's talking about the world with uh, the world of Israel. I've mentioned that because you'll have Christians out there that believe that any nation, uh, that's not of the bloodline of Israel could receive salvation, and that's not true. Because the scripture tells us that Israel will be a world without end. Because the Lord, he didn't do away with Israel. It talked about how uh, the world would basically end if he did away with Israel. So this is in the book of Isaiah chapter 45, verse 17. But Israel shall be saved in the Lord with an everlasting salvation, ye shall not be ashamed nor confounded world without end. So Israel will be saved. Having salvation, that's what it means to be saved, to be delivered. The same way that the Israelites received salvation in the land of Egypt, the Israelites, which is the Negroes, Latinos, and Native Americans, are going to receive that salvation from the enemies here in America and other parts of the world. They want to destroy you because you are God's chosen people. They want to get rid of Israel. They want to wipe Israel off the map. Psalm 83, uh, name all the culprits 
starting with Esau, the self-proclaimed white man, and the Arabs and the Africans and the Chinese and the Japanese and all these other heathen nations that want to do away with Israel that take crafty counsels by the elites who are Amalekites, uh, Jewish people that are Satanists and um, Luciferians and they control uh, countries and their governments. These are the secret counsel of the wicked that plot against the just. They can gnash up upon them with their teeth using their military, their uh, private agent, you know, their private contractors, their agencies and so forth that want to do away with Israel and that's always constantly plotting against God's people, always using uh, very nefarious uh, uh you know, agendas against God's people using some of the most God-awful, uh, horrible things, you know what I'm saying, to come against the Heavenly Father's people. Hold on. And I don't want I don't want to say God awful. Let me rephrase that. Even though I know that the Heavenly Father's name is not God, I, I don't want to you know I don't want to you know mention it like that. I I know uh, it's you know it's just I fear the Lord and I don't want to sin with my lips in no in no way in no way uh, at all you know. But you know um, I'll just I will say that. The scriptures do say that the Heavenly Father um, is a terrible power, which means that his wrath is, is great and immense and and uh, dreadful. So, you know, I'll, I'll just, you know, leave it, you know, leave it like that. So. But the Heavenly Father is against what Esau is doing because he's doing very awful things. And horrible things towards his people. That's why he's going to bring so much judgment on Babylon for those very acts. All right, so uh, let's see. So we read in First John chapter two, verse two. Um, you know, we read in Romans, I believe, six and eleven. And I want to make sure I get everything that I need according to the word of Yahweh Bashim Yahweh Shai before we go uh, to uh, a couple more scriptures. So actually, let's go to uh, Romans 8 and 1 because it's all about having a clear conscience, not, not having any kind of um, uh, guilt or shame from past sins, but fully accepting the blood of Yahweh Shai and having faith, that full assurance, that full belief. Faith is powerful, man. With the faith, the, uh, the, what's that? The, the uh, faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. So if you truly believe in Yahweh Bashem Yahweh Shai, and you believe in the new covenant, you believe in the Lord's bloodshed that was shed for the remission of sins, and you're full, fully persuaded. That's powerful. That's very powerful. And to accept that, you're you're really coming into the fullness of the gospel. 
the good news. So let's go to uh, Romans chapter 8. And uh, uh, verse 1, it says, there, there is therefore uh, now no condemnation in them which are in Hamashiach, Yahawashai, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So there's no condemnation. You're not condemned when you're in Yahawashai, Hamashiach. Or Hamashiach Yahawashai, it says, who walk not after the flesh, so no longer walking, you know, in the flesh, but through the Spirit, walking after the Holy Spirit, through the Wakakwadash. Being led by the Spirit. That's the Comforter which the comforter would teach you all things. Let's go into that, because I actually, um, that was a lot of the emphasis uh, before I, um, uh, you know, uh, finished the uh, uh, broadcast, the last broadcast. So I, if I might just leave both of them up and just really go into both of them. And, you know, the more and more I go into this, the more and more I can, condense you know what's being said but let me before i go into the holy spirit teaching us all things i want to go into the uh the last uh supper i've been you know mentioning that all throughout this lesson and i want to go into that that's in the book of luke chapter 22 which shows us that the messiah was establishing the New Testament and letting you know that his blood, which, you know, the wine represented his blood, would be the establishment of the New Testament, the New Covenant. So this is in the book of Luke chapter 22. And we'll start at... Uh, We'll start at, uh, let's see, verse 15, it says, he said, and he said unto them with desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. So Yahweh Shai was saying that he wanted to, he desired to eat this Passover with you before he would go through uh, his sufferings. You know, the, also known as the passion of Christ. He would go through being accused and, and you know, apprehended, uh, put on, you know, beaten, you know, was it put on trial, beaten, mocked, uh, you know, having a thorn, a crown, uh, a crown of thorns put on his head, his beard ripped off, him being flogged and beaten with stripes. You know, uh, basically uh, a whip with uh, metal spikes at the end of it that ripped his flesh, man. You know, the Bible go into when the Israelites are, you know, in safety 
the Israelites are going to actually be able to see the Messiah body, what he looked like uh, during that time. And Israel going to mourn as they mourn for an only child because his, his uh, suffering was so horrific that it's just going to, it's going to make Israel mourn. So the Lord, he was wanting to eat the Passover, you know, the meal with his brothers before he would suffer. It says, for I say unto you, I will not any more eat thereof until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of Yahweh. So the Messiah is telling his brothers, look, I'm not going to have another Passover with you until uh, the kingdom of heaven, you know. Until, you know, he was going to sit down with, with his brothers and the rest of Israel and, and, and you know, basically partake, the, uh, partake in the kingdom of heaven until, you know, the fulfillment of it. It says, and he, and he took the cup and gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say unto you, I will drink of the fruit. I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of Yahweh shall come. So the Lord is saying that, look, I'm not going to drink no more wine uh, until the kingdom of Yahweh come. This, this is going to be, you know, basically the last meal that, um, that, uh, that you know, basically where we're going to uh, partake in this, this uh, holy convocation because the Passover is a holy convocation. It says, and he took bread and gave thanks and break it and gave unto them saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And we read about how his body was, was, um, uh, uh, given, you know, in, in a previous scripture, I, I, I don't remember offhand, but we did go over that. It says, do this in remembrance of me. And that's what we do. When we do the Passover, we are commemorating what happened in the land of Egypt, but mainly we are commemorating Yahweh Shai's uh, death and his rebirth, his blood being shed, because with blood is life. So it's not about him dying, but be, but it's about him raising from the dead. You know, because when he... Um, resurrected he did many miracles uh to the point where you couldn't even contain them in the book when he when he rose he was he was in the cities you know he even came over here to the americas to uh, to prophesy to the israelites over here the 10 tribes so there's life in his resurrection in this bloodshed It says, and he took bread and, and gave thanks and break it and gave unto them saying, this is my body, which given, which is given to you. This do in remembrance of me. Likewise, also the cup after supper saying this cup is the new Testament in my blood. Let me read that again. Likewise, 
also the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. So the wine, it represented his blood, which is the New Testament. So when his blood was shed, that was a part of the new covenant, the new Testament, which is shed for you. Cause his blood was shed when his blood was shed. That was a fulfillment of the new, new Testament, the new covenant and eternal redemption. It says, but behold, the hand of him that betrayed me is with me on the table, which is talking about Judas Iscariot. He was next to the Messiah and he was the one that, uh, dipped the sop at his hand in the sop, which is, you know, when you go into the definition of sop is basically a bread. And in the ancient times, the Israelites would um, share bread or whatever like that. And they would dip the bread in the food, kind of like you see, like in some of these Middle Eastern countries and even in African countries, they'll take like uh, bread, pita bread or the Ethiopians, they'll take that spongy bread and they'll dip it in food. So Judas, he dipped his hand in the sock. So that was an indicator of the betrayer. It says, but behold, the hand of him that betrayed me is with me on the table and truly the son of man goeth as it was determined, but woe unto that man by whom he is betrayed. So this is going into the Lord going through his sufferings him being betrayed by one of his brothers, which was Judas Iscariot, and being used by the uh, the wicked Pharisees and the scribes that were plotting against the Lord. The Lord knew everything that was going to go down. He uh, would rebuke the, uh, the wicked Pharisees and the scribes because they was always trying to catch him in his words. They was looking for things to accuse him, and finally they were able to basically pinned something on him that uh, led to his you know his persecution and ultimately his uh, crucifixion which Pontius Pilate uh, knew that he wasn't guilty you know he knew you know Pontius Pilate knew that Yahweh Shai uh, he didn't do anything wrong there was no a fault in what he did but for the sake of keeping these Jews, these Negroes pacified because they would complain and, and kind of, you know, in so many words, they would cause a ruckus. And Pontius Pilate just, he didn't really want to deal with all of that. So it was a situation where he, uh, he basically uh, made, made the situation where they would choose between Barabbas, which was a criminal. He had a rap sheet, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Choose between Barabbas or the Messiah. And they, they chose Barabbas and therefore that led to the execution of our Lord. And, you know, that was a bad situation, but it was written, the Lord uh, had to go through that in order for Israel to be redeemed. You know, that's why um, when he was crucified, let me, let me read uh, that real quick where it says it is finished.
Bear with me, let's see. Okay, this is um, in the book of St. John 19. And uh, let's see. This is uh, during Yahweh Shai's crucifixion. Well, we need a uh, St. John 19 and 30, but I want to want to maybe read up a little further and then go to uh, 30. Okay, so this is in the book of St. John chapter 19. And uh we'll, we'll actually uh I think we can go to another uh, book chapter and verse and we'll, we'll get that also and we'll start at um, verse tw uh, 29 it says now there was set a vessel full of vinegar and they filled a sponge with vinegar and put it upon hyssop and put it to his mouth it says when Shai therefore had received the vinegar he said it is finished and he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. So Yahweh Shai, after that, uh, he, uh, he died. You know, he gave up the ghost. That's what that means. He said it was finished. He said he didn't come to do away with the law of the prophets, but to fulfill. So that was a fulfillment of prophecy, but also him bringing out the old and bringing in the new covenant. It was finished his, you know, mission completed. Let's see. Let's get, uh, I thought it was in another. That is book, chapter, and verse. I may be wrong. Okay. Okay, it's only in a. Oh. Let's check on it. Okay, that's in uh, Matthew 27. It reads, uh, hold on. That's 27. twenty-seven fifty and 51, and it reads, Yahweh Shai, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. So that's when Yahweh Shai passed. But when 
the one we just read, it talked about how he said that it's finished. So the Lord, he fulfilled prophecy and his blood being shed was a fulfillment of the New Testament, meaning that it was established and it was enacted, you know, it was um, certified. So Yahweh Shai's blood being shed is the New Testament. Now, are we in the complete stages of the New Testament? Well, that's going to take place uh, in the fullness when we get the glorified bodies, you know. But nonetheless, in between that time, the Holy Spirit, which is the comforter, will teach you all things that you won't need to learn from a man. As, you know, uh, brothers will say that, oh, we're not in a new covenant because we're still teaching uh, people. We're still learning, but we're going to find out that that the comforter is what's going to teach us. So let's go to um, Hebrews chapter 8, verse 10. So this is in the book of Hebrews chapter 8 verse 10 for, for this is the new covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. So we just read that Yahweh Shai's blood represents the new covenant, his blood being shed. It says, and after those days, saith the Lord, I will put my laws in their minds and write them in their hearts. And I will be to them a God and they shall uh, be to me a people. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least to the greatest. So how will that take place? Because the Holy Spirit will teach you all things. And let's go to um, 1 John chapter 2. First John chapter two, and uh, we're gonna start at twenty. Let's see. First John, let me make sure. Oh, so like I think that's St. John 2 and 24. Let me double check. I said 1st John, but I think it's uh, St. John, if I'm not mistaken. Hold on. Let me double check. All right, chicken scratch. <laughs> Let me look that up right quick. Now, this was the one that um, 
So I think I missed a row. That's uh, but the anointing which ye have received. Let me write that out. Uh, but the anointing, because the anointing is the Holy Spirit, says which ye have received. That's what's going to teach you all things. Oh, that's too. First John 2 and 27. So this is in the book of 1 John chapter 2, verse 27, and it reads, But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, so the Holy Spirit will abide in you. Rakakwadash, it says, But ye need not that any man teach you. So where it says, uh, No man would teach any man his neighbor. That's because the Holy Spirit is going to teach you all things, as it says. It says, and ye need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you all things and, and is true and is no lie. And even as it had taught you, you shall abide in him. It says, and now little children abide in him. So abide in the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit will, will abide, abide in you. So you receive the Holy Spirit. You're going to uh, know you won't need a teacher. Because the Holy Spirit will teach you all things. So my question is, is if you won't receive the um, the laws written in your inward parts until you're perfected. How are you going to be able to get through Jacob's trouble? If you don't have the Holy Spirit. If you don't have the comforter teaching you all things. Because you're going to need that comforting spirit to teach you things that you don't know uh, during Jacob's trouble. How is that? Uh, Luke 12 and 12. We'll get that. Uh, I'll finish what I read in uh, tweet, uh, St. John, or selected 1 John chapter 2, 28. I'll read it again. It says, and now little children, abide in him that when he shall appear, we may have confidence. So when you have the Holy Spirit and you, you take off that evil conscience, you're going to have the confidence. You're going to have the full assurance. You're not going to have no doubt because doubt brings on a fear, you know, to the fear of the unknown. That's not, that's not perfect love. Perfect love is no fear because you, you have to have that, that spirit of, of no fear to be perfected in love, the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, all of those things that you're going to need, uh, no matter what situation that you're in. And you're not going to be ashamed, it says, and not be ashamed before him at his coming. You want to have that, that Holy Spirit and that full assurance at the day of Yahweh Shai's coming. You know? It says, and if ye know that he is righteous, so you know Yahushua is righteous, ye know that everyone that doth righteousness is born of Yahushua, or, or born of, is born of him. So let's go to um, Luke 
chapter 12, verse 12, because we was talking about uh, the comforter teaching you all things, the same spirit that will teach uh, men where you don't need to be taught by men. So that's Luke 12, verse, we'll start at verse 11, it says, and when they bring you unto the synagogue and to, and to magistrates and powers, take ye no thought how or what thing ye shall answer or what ye shall say, for the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost shall teach you in the same hour what ye ought to say. So that's that's what's going to teach you the comforting spirit. Because that comforting spirit is going to abide in you. And just like, you know, we're in the beginning stages of a, of a lot of things, receiving the New Testament, the New Covenant establishes the Holy Spirit spiritual power, all the things that's going to manifest within that covenant, within the remission of sins, because what happened when the Lord died and he rose, the Holy Spirit rested upon the disciples who became apostles. They was told to stay behind until they received the gift of the Holy Spirit. So in these latter times, that that rest in spirit, that comfort in spirit will manifest into spiritual power, which will teach you all things. The, th the things that our minds are, are incapable of, that spirit is going to activate, you know, the, 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 uh, the men of the Lord. So that's pretty much it, you know, I, I hope and pray that this was edifying to you brothers and sisters out there. I will uh, go back over both broadcasts because I want to, I want to make sure um, uh, that, you know, uh, everything is the way that it needs to be because these are long broadcasts. So I want to, you know, I, I know uh, dealing with our people, we have to, um, you know, we have to be mindful to uh, keep things at a at a uh, you know at a at a time period, you know, because our our people have low attention spans. You might have some people that are earnestly seeking uh, this truth, and they're gonna they're gonna really listen the whole two hours. And then certain situations, you know, brothers or sisters, they might be limited on time. So uh, I'm always mindful of that. But if you have any questions. You can email me at a new song is song at protonmail.com and I'll do my best to uh, answer your questions. Uh, we are in the new covenant. We're just in, you know, the, the stages of the of the new covenant and it will take in its fullness when we receive those glorified bodies. But the, the blood of Yahweh Shai, as we just read, established the new covenant. When, when the disciples drank the wine, that represented Yahweh Shai's blood, the blood of the new covenant, the sprinkling of the blood. So 
during this Passover, consider and really meditate on Yahweh Shai's sacrifice and how we're in the new covenant. I want to give all praises, glory, and honor to Awanawa Yahweh, Bashem, Yahweh Shai, Shalom.